Keep going. Well, it's expectation. Reliability. Yeah, expectation. Huh? Comparison. That's a good one. Comparison is a good one. What you show people, someone said. Yeah. What you show people. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, so is is performance are are the things that you guys are saying here good or bad? Okay. How else can they be good or bad? What is good? Okay, let's let's go back. What is bad performance? Okay. Okay. So that's bad performance, right? Because you're not supposed to chug soda and have food right before your competition, right? Is that is that what I'm getting at? Okay. So so poor preparation. Poor preparation. What else? Huh? Okay. Okay. I don't know if that's performance or that's more uh, bad decision. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What else? What else? What else? What else are some bad performance? Not listening to, like, say you have a boss who gives you directions or instructions and you just ignore them and don't respect them. Okay, I like that. Let's go more along those lines, if that's possible, right? So, not listening to your boss. So your boss has this expectation of you. You don't listen to them, so you fail to what? Listen. To perform, right? What else? How else? How else? How else can those performance be bad? That teamwork. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. To jump off of that, like cheating same aspect of bad sportsmanship or, or you know doing whatever it takes uh, to win so to say and in that process like hurting others yeah well what about th- these are great right what about idleness so we talked about not doing anything what about idleness is that is that bad is that good what is that so what is so why is why is that performance of idleness bad Lack of performance, yeah. Okay. So why does that become bad, though? If you're idle, what happens? Okay. Yeah. Nothing gets done. So what happens if you're lazy? And you're not performing? Yeah. No more to do. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so if you're at a job, and put yourself in this perspective, right? If you have a job, and most of you guys have jobs, and you fail to perform, and you're idle, what happens? You get let go early. You get, you get let go early, you get fired, whatever. You, that, was, that was the nice way of saying it, right? Right? And, and that's bad, because guess what? If you don't have a job, what happens? You have no, 
money, right? There's no way for you to provide for yourself, right? There's no way for you to, the goals that you're trying to accomplish, all these things that you guys have kind of been saying, it's like, that's bad performance, right? And that's how it can be bad. How do you provide for a family? Or how do you provide for your future spouse? How do you provide for all these things when you are lacking performance? And so that's, that's how we see performance is bad, right? So for me, the, one of the bad things about performance is it eats me up. So as we're talking about this, and as I've been studying performance, it's actually been a huge, like, huge concern for me. Because just like you guys said, I mean, the first thing you guys said when I, when I said what, what, what comes in your mind when it comes to performance, you think of me, I guess. I, I don't, that's not a good thing. <laughs> it's not a good thing. Because, because I, I fail a lot. And, and going through this, it, and you'll see my vulnerability in this aspect is, this sucked. This absolutely sucked. And my week was not good because I was studying through the, one of probably my top deadly sins is performance, right? And as I see it's bad, one of the things that you guys were mentioning, comparison. Well, how can comparison be bad? Comparing yourselves to an unrealistic goal. Sure, yeah. Okay. Okay. jump ahead of what, I don't know what you're going to think. Go ahead. But jump ahead. Where? Kind of a thing of uh, or comparing yourself to others is you saying to God, you're not, what you have given me isn't good enough, and I want that. You're not meeting my standards, God, and I want that, because that looks better than what you've given me. Mm-hmm. That's just something I've dealt with as well these last two weeks, kind of thinking of performance. And why, why is that toxic? Why is the lack of performance? Why is... It's easy. Okay. Naturally lazy. Well, and why, now how does that comply with comparison? Why is that toxic? You guys talked about social media. Why is that toxic? Because I mean, for me, I follow a lot of people, they usually, you know, they're CrossFitters. They're freaking jacked, right? <laughs> Whatever, right? Whatever, I see all these cool lifts. I compare myself. Like, I'll be honest. That's I compare myself all the time, especially if he's my weight, Josh Bridges. He's my favorite superhero. He's in the CrossFit movie, and uh, he he is like he's five five. He's a shorter guy, but he's 170 pounds. And I see him lift all these things, and I'm like, man, I'm comparing myself to this guy. So, um, but why why can that be toxic? You you, you said a little bit about it. Because you're not content where God has you, or like how God made you. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge, right? And, and I think that could lead you to depression. Mm-hmm. And I don't, go ahead. So kind of go off of Nathan's with comparing yourself to social media, you'd be like, oh, they have all this, they have all that. Man, I'm never gonna get there, so why even try? Yeah, yes. <laughs> and it came, that's funny, you mentioned that. It came to a point where I was doing this CrossFit workout, and I've only been doing it for like four months. 
and it was a it was a good workout. I was like, oh, I'm coming in this hot, confident. I had the the prescribed weight, which you, you usually scale down the weight if you haven't done it before or whatever. And the guy in front of me was an older guy, and I'm playing this comparison game, right? The guy ends up beating me. He's older. He doesn't look as as uh, and comparing myself, right? He doesn't look as as buff or whatever, and he freaking beats me. And I totally went into this depression mode because I lost, simply because I lacked performance. And it killed me, and it ate at me that day. And I had to like, it was so bad, I had to take a nap. Like it was like, I'm so, I, I was like, I was like, I was, I was so done. Yeah, I was like, I was like so done, right? But I, but I was so done that I was like, I can't believe this just happened. And, and what is that? What's, the, what's one of the roots of performances? is pride, right? Pride, and how it creeps in and you don't even know it. Cause, cause me working out and wanting to be better than that guy, was that, was that generally bad? No, it could have been good. Huh? It could push me to get better, it could motivate me, it could do all these things, but yet it ate me up. It made me depressed, right? And that's when it becomes this toxicity. It, okay, maybe you do win, you receive that, and guess what? That's where your identity lies, and you find yourself dissatisfied, right? Um, and so what, what's good about performance? So we said good, bad. We talked about the bad. So what's, what's good about performance? You can push for competition. Improvement. Improvement. That's huge, yeah. So when, so when you're training um, to, be, to go in the military, is it easier for you to do better by yourself or with other people? Um, definitely with other people. But I, I was when you were talking about comparing with other people um, and guys that I've talked to that have you know already gone through the program and retired and stuff like that. Most of them were talking about the fact that like you can't look at other. It's it's helpful when you're working out with somebody else because you can motivate each other while you're working out. But when it comes to like your scores and like how how many push-ups you're doing compared to how many they're doing and stuff like that, the only person that you can really compare yourself to is who you were yesterday. Mm. You know mm -hmm. if you're the only person that you should be like trying to level against and compare and like contrast is who you were the day before, you know, okay. or who you were that morning. Yeah. And constantly trying to beat that. That's the only person that you should compete against. Yeah. And that's good. Yeah. Right. That's because good. especially if you're working towards a goal, going to the military or getting more jacked or losing weight or all these like fitness things I'm talking about, um, that's good. So tell me more good things about performance. Yeah. Absolutely. That's huge. To glorify the Lord yeah. with what he's giving you. What else? Yeah, especially if you're a writer, you know, and you're writing for, like, God's glory. Yeah. You know, it's, it makes, you know, that, like, makes such a difference. Like, you know, saying, you know, like, all the books that I've read around the Bible, like, outside, and, like, wow, imagine if this was born and nobody wanted to read it. <laughs> you, you know, you'd be like, I don't want to read this. You know, but there's so many great books out there that, you know, I'm, I'm reading like a really great one right now, which is what, what made me think about it, um, called Cold Christian Christianity, and it's like breaking down kind of like all the logic behind like the historical evidence for like why the Bible is accurate and kind of like the claims against it and for it. And it's super interesting. I'm like, wow, like if this guy was a terrible writer, no one would want to like read this and no one yeah. would pay attention. 
totally. Uh, yeah. Use performance to help others. Mm-hmm. What about in just general? Is it essential? Do you need to, to have performance? Yes. Yeah. I mean, if you don't perform, you can't die. That's the only reason that your heart keeps going. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? And some, some of you guys, I'm not going to put you on the spot, some of you guys have your own business. You have to perform to be able to what? To eat. That's good, right? And that's good. That's good performance. When you're working hard towards those things so you can eventually provide for family or whatever you, you're doing, those are good things. So performance is not just only bad, it's not only good. You see both, right? You see both. And competition, like you said, I love it because it makes you better. And sometimes I love it a little too much. And that's where, that's where my struggles are. So, yeah, yeah. So, so it, now let's move into the qu next question is, is performance good or bad spiritually? Oh, let's go back. Is performance good or is performance bad spiritually? And tell me why. It can be. Okay, but tell me why. Depending on who you're talking to, um, let's say performing, uh, we're just telling somebody about God. Right? Okay. Um, let's say you're talking to them and you're just like calling them out on like a million sin sins that you saw them do. You're kind of mm -hmm. like shoving down their throat, like you're you did all this wrong. You're bad. Okay. I mean, you're telling them what they did wrong, but you're not doing it correctly. Okay. So that's where it could be bad. Even though the intention was good. Okay. Doing delivery is terrible. Okay. <laughs> but um, the the intent was there. Okay. You yeah. said how uh, is performance bad spiritually? Yeah. Well, I mean, acting in sin is a performance in itself, so that's, that's like pretty much black and white right there. Yeah, I I'm pretty good at that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For sure. I, I'm good at that too. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Okay, what else? I think what takes your reliance off of God and then puts that butt on your relying on your performance rather than relying on God, then you're missing the mark. You know? What do you mean by that? Um, like we're called to have faith and like rely on God for our needs, right? So to a point, yeah, God wants us to like initiate and work for it, but ultimately He's providing for us. And so if you rely, if I'm constantly being like, I have to, you know, work super hard and make money and do this and this and this, you know, it can create this distrust that God can actually provide. Like there's a balance, right? You want to work hard, but you also don't want it to get to a point where there's this distrust of God providing for your needs, and then that. Yeah. To go off of that, it's kind of what we talked about in Hosea 2 with Israel playing the harlot, or Gomer going out and working, selling herself to her idols, and they were giving her money, right? Like she was performing, she was working, and she got these things, but she kept giving praise for the things that she got to these idols, to these other gods. But God said, it was me. I'm the one who provided all along. So yeah, sometimes we will perform. And if we don't remember, man, it's all from God. That's when things will start to go straight. We give in to these idols. We, we distance, distance ourselves from our provider. I think of um, Mary and Martha in, mm -hmm. a, in a context of, you know, Martha thought that she was doing the right thing when she was doing all the busy work um, when Jesus was there 
and thought she was doing the right thing and, and doing all the work and preparing everything, preparing all the food. And I was getting frustrated because Mary was just sitting there at Jesus' feet. And in, in the context of performance, like, Mary was pretty idle. <laughs> but, but who, in the end, is, you know, Jesus says, was in the right and who was in the wrong. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't have that answer, but it's just an interesting do you think what Martha was doing was wrong? Like cleaning and prepping um, everything? No. I, I think it was her, um, her jealousy um, of Mary. That is what really Jesus was pointing out was wrong. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, long? Um, but at the same time, Mary wasn't in the wrong either. And she wasn't mm-hmm. doing anything. So I think there's a time... Yeah place where being still and uh, what we would consider idle, you know, there can be a time for that. Absolutely. And God calls us to meditate on the Lord. And although you are physically not doing anything, you're like physically being idle, but your mind is meditating on the Lord. Yeah. I think part of that was also to say like Martha, that was kind of her ministry, right? And sometimes we get so caught up in our ministries or our work, even though it is to honor the Lord, but we don't take the time to be idle and pause and just spend time with God. And so I think that's what both of you guys were hitting on is don't get distracted or taken away, but it's okay to be idle, be still, and meditate on God, spend time with Him. I relate a lot to Martha in the story because for me, I feel this need for some reason. I think it starts with my parents, but I have this need in feeling that I need to earn people's love and okay. uh, approval. And so is Martha. I think she's definitely trying to do that for Jesus. Of like, look at all of these things I'm doing for you to serve you behind the scenes. I'm not asking for any attention, but I'm doing all these things because they'll be taken care of for you so that you can minister to others. So I'm really Yeah, and, and I think that's, you. well, actually, we'll get into that more, but it's interesting having both, right? You have both of the ends of the spectrum, both good and bad. You can do ministry and serve the Lord, right? Isn't that interesting? You go to church, you go do all these great things, and yet, if you're doing the performance for you, right, instead of Him, it's where we kind of miss the point, right? And if, if we're doing it to earn what? love and approval of God, then we're missing the point too, right? I, I think one of the things that, uh, that, that stand out to me is by grace, you have been saved. By grace, was it because of you? No, right? Was it anything that you did to perform? No, it's by grace, you have been saved, right? Performance doesn't save us. And also the gratification of performance, right? Identity. I think, and that's, that's something that I'll share even more, I, that identity aspect, I'm, I'm, um, I have the gratification for performance because I'm performing really, really well. Therefore, I earn something, or therefore, I deserve this other person's love. 
that's where it can be really, really bad, right? And then even um, Isaiah 64, verse 6, it says, good works are nothing but filthy rags, right? That's what God says. They're filthy rags. And if this is the case, then why do we do good things for the Lord? Why? Why do we do good things for the Lord? For his glory. For his glory, okay. Appreciation. Appreciation, yeah. Okay. For his glory, what else? Yeah, absolutely. The th uh, I think one of the things that stood out to me as, as I thought about this, because it's like, is performance really that bad that like, I, don't, I can't perform at all and just sin all I want cause, so that God's glory may abound? I don't think that's the case, right? The, the case is that so that we're filled with him, that the fruits of the Spirit will come out of us because of his love for us, right? Not because I'm trying to gain attention. But how much of the time, though, and this is... This is I, this has been my, my guilt trip this week is how much of the time we even use ministry. We even use the good things that we're supposed to do and we do them well and we perform them well. And guess what? It's all done in vain. Simply because it wasn't about him. It was about me. And I'm the first person to say, Lord, that's me. And I was like wrenching on my heart. And the funny thing is, you know, Christ isn't enough for me. That's what I'm saying. Christ isn't enough. His grace isn't enough because I'm trying to perform, right? And I'm right reaching all these goals of, I don't know, for, for how I look at it in ministry, for FCA, getting these many kids, or reaching this many athletes, all these things for my glory so that I can be praised after. And it's wrong, right? That type of performance. Because guess what? At the end of the day, at the root of it, I'm trying to impress who? God. I'm trying to impress God because I deserve salvation, even though in my head I know by grace I've been saved. But through my heart, what is it? I'm trying to get other people's attention or I'm trying to even impress my Savior, but because I think I earned it, right? So um, the good of it, the good, the good about performance is the fruits of the Spirit, right? When we abide in the vine, what happens? When we abide in the vine, we talked a little bit about it earlier. Um, it's the outpour of what? What's the good works an outpour of? Love. Yeah. T talk more about that. Um, so, like, I guess it's kind of ties into what she was saying. Like, you know, the love that we have received, right? We have the, we repent of our sins, which is, you know, I think it's literally translated into, like, the changing of your mind and behavior. Uh, and so, because of the love that God gave us, we also love others. Yeah. So, because of that repentance, you know, we can go out and God gives us that love in order to love others. Like, it's not, you know, in and of ourselves. Uh, but I think with along that, you tend to do works that are in line with what God calls us to do. What if you take that out of the spectrum, though? So like, say, for example, yeah. you don't have love. Yeah. You're trying to do it on your own. Right. And you fail at it. What then happens? I mean, I guess it depends on the person. But yeah. you, know, you become bitter. You know, God must not exist because he didn't bless me. Didn't, I, I wasn't able to reach these people. You know, I wasn't able to, you know, 
succeeding my job, you know, I fail, I sin here. So it could lead to depression. Yeah. And that's what I was talking about, right? I didn't perform at CrossFit. Guess what? Yeah. I, I'm depressed. Yeah. I don't perform at ministry. Guess what? I'm depressed. And literally, just like how I did with napping that other day, I napped one time when I was like, man, my today's message, what I just gave out, absolutely just sucked. Like, absolutely just sucked. Guess what I did after that, after that, um, that message? I took a nap. I took a nap, right? Um, and it's the shame and guilt, right? that I'm absolutely deprived of my salvation, even though I'm not, I know I'm not, I'm, that I'm absolutely defi- um, deprived of my salvation because of my performance. It's dishonorable, yeah. right? It's putting our value and our identity in the actions that we're doing instead of the Savior that we're actually serving. Yeah, absolutely, right? And even though it was a terrible message, whatever, God can still use it for good, for His glory. I didn't know that because I'm driven by what? Performance, right? performance and uh i love i love that you know like we do it all into the lord we we have this perspective we do it for the lord we're doing ministry whatever you guys are doing at youth group um college group i don't know you know helping out the old lady across the street i don't know what you're doing right doing all these good things unto the lord that's how we could perform well and the gratification from performance is proud of what you've done but because of what Christ did for you, right? I think, I think that's, that's, the, that's the interesting dilemma. That's the difference, right? And instead of having shame and guilt when we don't perform, we have conviction, right? And this conviction is, I, I messed up. I, I did something bad, but I know that the Lord can use it for his good, right? Even when I fail, God is going to use everything that, whatever is going to come out tonight or whatever happened back then for his glory. And so, to give you guys a quick little testimony, um, one of the reasons I really struggle with, like you said, performance, is because I, I grew up in a very performance-driven culture. I'm a second child. I don't know if you guys have, I don't know if you guys are second child or maybe you're the top. The second child usually does not get attention. It's the person that gets the least amount of attention, right? And funny enough, my parents were engineers, super smart, right? Grew up, um, went to college, all those cool things. Very good major. I mean, they're full of freaking Filipino, right? So the Filipino culture. You're either a lawyer, you're a nurse, you're a doctor, um, you're an engineer, or you're disgraced. You're not true Filipino. That's the culture I grew up in, right? C's don't get degrees. It's not that at all. It's like A's, 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 right? And um, my cousins, to top it off, my cousins are engineers and doctors. So my older brother, Aaron, you guys have met him. Um, he actually ended up being an engineer, chem engineer, chemical engineer, just like my mom. And then my little brother, Adrich, most of you guys know him, he's a 4.0 student. So guess where I fit? In the middle. Not an engineer, I ended up doing business. And then not a 4.0 student, I was like, I was like a three, not bad, right? Not bad. Um, and in college too, my, my grades got better. And so, so talking about siblings, everyone, you would say, right, has a healthy, competition with their siblings, right? Whether it's like sports, okay, that's huge. My brother and I played football together. We butt heads all the time because we always thought that we were better than one another, right? Um, Another thing was like when we grew up to be adults, it was our hobbies. My brother and I, he loves photography now. He used to be in like other cool hobbies, but 
now it's like we're competing mine's off-roading his is his is photography so it's like it's like we're competing in these hobbies but it's like super low-key but for me i'm trying to not get attention from my parents i'm i'm trying to get attention from my parents and my brother's getting all the attention right and funny enough guess who the the kid that they talk to about like when it, there's like a family gathering guess who they talk to um when they talk about careers they talk to aaron they talk to my brother because guess what he's a chemical engineer he's like everybody else like the whole family not a disgrace and i'm over there in the corner just by myself right i'm with the kids yeah taking a fat nap you know um and i say these things because those are the very things i struggled with right i struggled with financial status between my brother and i older brother and i um who's successful right is it, is it the older brother that's a chem engineer or is it the business major? Most likely the chem, chemical engineering major. That would just make the most sense, right? Also, parents comparing their kids, right? With parents comparing their kids um, not living up to the family name. Guess who didn't live in the family name? Me, right? So this is something I'm really struggling. Marriage. Now, my brother's not married, but he had a long-time girlfriend. But guess what happened when... when um, the family was around and the grandparents were there and they're talking to my siblings. Guess who they're talking to? My brother, because he's been on this like three year relationship with this one girl. And guess what? I'm on the side napping again. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so it's, it's this interesting demographic, right? I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't that 4.0 student, um, nor was I the engineer. And so I majored in business marketing. And guess what? To my whole family, I, my parents didn't even want me to go to do marketing. They wanted me to be an engineer, and I was like, no, right? I ended up not doing it, whatever, praise the Lord. But besides that, you know, I didn't live to the family name, right? And growing up, and I tell you all these things not to share about, you know, or, or to simp about all the things that I've been going through, but to tell you that I really, really, really struggled with performance because of the very culture I grew up in, the sports. You think it was football. I played football. I don't look like it. I look like a wrestler, but I played football. And the position I played was in front of people that were more than 300 pounds. Do you not think that in my mind, my identity lied on my performance? Because it's all it was. Guys that were 300 pounds were benching more than 300, you know, benching all these numbers, squatting all these things. And guess what? I'm competing with those people. So th this whole mindset of, I am how I perform has always been indwelled in me because of my parents, because of the sports I played, because of the brother, right? That brother, love, brother relationship, that he was the favorite of the family, that I wasn't the favorite because I was trying to earn people's love. That I was trying to, in my class, wanted to be the popular kid because there were some things I was missing at home. Not saying my parents are great or aren't great, they are great, but there's just those social demographics that just doesn't work out to my favor, right? With friends, I, I compared myself through life experiences. With sports team, I wanted to outwork every single person because no matter if I am shorter, if I am the smaller guy, I'm gonna take the person in front of me because that was my attitude. Could that be a good thing? Sure, but when it's all about your identity on how you perform, and you're breaking down and taking naps right after it because of your failure to perform, because you're so stupid depressed, 
I think that's where the problem is, right? I had to perform to prove myself worthy. And so I ask this, I, I say this, because I think this really does relate to how we perceive our relationship with God in performance. And so my next question now is, when are we at our best relationship with God? So talked, I said, I told you guys, I, would, I didn't have a, such the amazing relationship with my parents because I didn't live up to the family name. My brother did. But what about the Lord? When are we at our best relationship with God, with how we perform? Yeah, it's huge. Okay, what else? I feel like my best performance in my relationship with God is not only devoting time to the Lord and spending, like, I blow up this phone with the Bible out every morning, but it's not so I can send him all these notifications to wake up to. It's so I can tell God and say, look, dude, homie, you got me, I got you, but... I'm holding off on texting him good morning so I can say good morning to you first because you're the person that gave me the breath to wake up. So another way that I measure performance is repentance. So not only do I tell him, hey, like, I'm trying not to cuss, my brother's a marine, it's so difficult. (laughs) But when I do cuss, I literally, like, ask him, I stop mid-sentence and I'm like, God, I'm sorry, I'm really trying here. I legit have like a full-on moment with God in the middle of when I'm talking just so I can show him and say it's not just like talking like I'm actually acting on it and I'm not afraid to show it which is why I say it in a sentence but I'm not showing it to show it I'm showing it to show God hey I'm not ashamed to like follow you but I struggled with that so I, I kind of have a few ways to measure performance but that's just me yeah but like repentance is up there mm-hmm. Expound on that, go. Yeah, like trying your best, like, oh, I need to like read like a chapter every day, every morning, or I need to do this list of prayers every morning, do a list of prayers every night, and just like instead, just you know, if you're driving through your car, just like think about like, oh, 
this just flew in my head right now. I should be praying for this. So, I mean, don't expect to close your eyes while you're praying <laughs> as you're driving the car. But, I Hope mean, die. Like, in, like, in your head, like, even, like, sometimes, like, thoughts that, like, places, like, that you have nothing to do except, like, let's say drive or, like, taking a shower or something like that. Just those consecutive thoughts, like, you're alone with yourself and your thoughts, and that's the best time to, like, think about what to be praying for, what to be reflecting on. And so, like... That's what I mean by not trying too hard to be your best, but to just try with the, just, you know, just come, it'll come naturally, I think. Okay. So when when we're hearing like everybody's like oh this is how I'm at my best and this is what I do or whatever like I don't want us to think like oh man that's how I have to do it too I think God has created us all uniquely and our relationships with him uniquely where it's not always going to look the same but I think there's like a couple of things that were common with what you two said the the real and the rawness and like if we look at david where he was known as a man after god's own heart he screwed up big time right but why is he known as a man after god's own heart because what you said Carrie, or sorry uh, what you said like the repentance like you're quick to go to god and say i'm sorry for this but we've seen psalms like the in uh, precatory psalms David was real with God in his psalms where it was kind of scary like David why are you wishing for your enemy's kids to be bashed against rocks like that's a little <laughs> too intense that's not right we shouldn't be praying for that but we see David praying that and saying these things because he's just real with God and I think w- when we are surrendered in, in that real sense we, we do feel close with him we do feel like 
we are at best. Even if you feel like, man, I've been sinning for days, or I just committed like the biggest sin, like I got a girl named Bathsheba down the street. You know, I pulled a David. But are you running to God and you're like, God, I messed up. Like when Nathan came to David, are we that real? Like, man, I messed up and I'm going back to God. Are we running to him constantly? And some verses that came to my mind, just for me personally, how I do or, or when I feel like I'm closest with God is Isaiah 64, 6, where it says, we have all become like, uh, annual quote of this, we have all become like one who is unclean. And all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment or the filthy rags. And our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. And so like, okay, there's nothing I can do that is good. Nothing we can do is good. But that shouldn't make us go, well, I'm not going to do anything. Because, like, we don't want to get oppressed. Because I will gladly take a nap with Annual too when I get depressed. I am all about that. But this verse doesn't go like, well, my works are filthy rags, I'm done. But instead, Romans 5.1, Therefore, since we have been made righteous through his faithfulness, combined with our faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That righteousness that we get from God through Jesus gives us this peace to say, Man, I know I mess up. I know I can't compare or earn your favor. But I have this peace with me. And so now in 1 Corinthians 10 31, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And when I realize I can't do these things to make God proud of me, it doesn't make me want to stop. It makes me want to keep going, but change my motivation behind it to say, man, God, let me glorify you. I've been meeting with a mentor for four weeks now at my church at Vista. And and like you know how we know things about God in the Bible but we don't like believe it like we all know Jesus died on the cross but do we believe it but I knew like oh yeah whatever I do I should glorify God because <laughs> it's in the Bible yeah I do that but when he told when we were speaking like he just said it differently like, God like worked in me and that only happened when I surrendered I was like God I can't do these things mm-hmm. I need to rely on you and I said man whatever I do let me glorify you. And not to say God will automatically work things out in your life and you're like, you're going to be the greatest. But after that surrendering to God, those three weeks, like, I was able to get a new car. I, I got the new job. I have a girlfriend now. I'm like, not because the Lord's like, oh, good, now I'm going to give you things. But I think when you have that surrendering, like, the Lord's like, man, let me grow you. Let me bless you, you know. Don't do things just to earn that favor. But when you surrender yourself, you're going to see God work in your life and you're going to draw yeah and and the common tendency is there is that we feel closest to god when we've stayed away from sin now is that a bad thing not necessarily but we assess where we're at with god and how he feels towards us by our performance right and so we play that comparison game how holy am i to the next person next to me right how holy am i do i compare it to chase to josh bridges (laughs) to to like all these people right and i'm like if if i'm doing those things and how holy am i compared to them that's how god feels about me this is performance minded and like you guys said those those things are great you're you're reading verses all those things um are amazing right those things that you're doing good works are good but 
Does that have anything to do with how much God loves you? No. That's the scary thing, right? The scary thing is, no matter how hard you perform, how hard you work, all these things, it doesn't matter. Because God's love is not going to change whether or not you're performing and you're not performing, right? Whether you're not holier than the person next to you or you haven't stayed away from sin. His love for you is consistent. And there's nothing that you can do to make him love you less. And there's nothing you can do to make him love you more. Mm-hmm. And so growing up, like, I, I close out with this. Growing up, I found my worth in being a Pharisee, being all about performance. And that's how God perceived me, was based on how much of I'm doing in ministry, how much I'm doing with my friends, all these things, the categories. <laughs> Because culturally, that was what's, what was instilled into me. And I failed to comprehend <coughs> that I am fully known and fully loved, just as I am. That's what's nuts. Whether the mistakes, the mess, the chaos, right? And I'm a mess, I'm a chaos, I'm, a, I'm an awful human being. And I, I say that genuinely. Because I, I, I even come to admit, right? I've done ministry, done all these great things. But guess for what? For performance for the Lord? No, for me. For, so that I'm glorified. And I, I think about these things and I, I, I literally want to cry because I did it in vain. Although God used it for his glory. But I, I still like, I'm, I'm struggling, it, struggling with it because I was finding my worth. You need some water, bro? <laughs> I was, <laughs> man, so I was, I was, I was, so I was finding my worth, right, and how I performed, how I compared to other people, and I failed to comprehend it, comprehend in myself that I'm simply fully known and fully loved by God for just who I am in surrender. That's it. That's it, and, and you know what sucks about that? Being a person that's performance-minded, it don't work like that. You know how much my heart fights against that? It fought that against, it fought against that all freaking week because guess what? I'm defined by how I perform, by you know, all these measures that I measure up for myself. And God simply said, you are fully known, fully loved, just as you are. Psalm 139, just as you are. No matter what you do, or no, no matter what you don't do. Now, son, and this is where he said to me, now, son, knowing that, how are you going to be gratified, right? How are you going to look at it in the heart of gratification so that you love me and do these good things? That the outpour of my good works isn't the, the necessary thing that's giving, bringing me closer to God, but simply because I know that he loves me for just as who I am just who I am that's it I don't, I don't care where you are what what part of sin life you know how, how much you sin today whatever God simply loves you just for who you are and he's like come to me child broken vessel I will use you not the other way around because I thought I was a not broken vessel I was the purest of vessels and I deserved my king right um and so i'm going to read this last verse i know it, we're just 
a little bit over time. Um, but this is the verse, or this is the chapter that spoke out to me, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 8. Verse 13, it says, If I speak with the tongues of men and of, uh, and of angels, but do not have love, I've become a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all the mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly, and it does not seek its own. It's not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, a um, hard topic for me to discuss. Lord, hard topic for me to be vulnerable about. Because Lord, I know how bad this hurts me. Just even talking about it, knowing how much I fail in this criteria. But Lord, just like what you've been reminding me all week, God, it's not by how I perform, it's not how I deliver, it's not how I talk tonight, Lord. But Lord, that you simply know and love me just as who I am. And Lord, a broken vessel, a mess, God, you love. I don't know why, but Father, you do. And, and Lord, help me understand and comprehend that Lord, that trying to do all these good things to, to earn my salvation or, or to earn my parents' love or, or to, to do any of these things for a girlfriend, for I don't know, Lord, all these things, doing, doing it all for, for vain. But Father, with love, you said, with love, Lord, we can move mountains. With love, results don't matter because you are the one that do the work, Father. Help me understand that. Help me comprehend that. And God, as we walk out tonight, Lord, may we know that, that our performance doesn't identify us as human beings, but what identifies us is the cross. That, Lord, you died so that we may be perfect in you, fully known, fully loved, just like you said in Psalm 139, just as we are. And from that, the overflow of your love is the good works, is the performance. Is, are these sweet things simply because you love your sons and daughters. Help us live in that this week, Father. Lord, as we think about performance, um, in your name we pray, amen. Sweet. Um, so closing out, um, we're done.